Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in. It is the Beast of the East podcast. Uh, joining me back from the dead is Craig Ladd. What's up, man? Hey, I, I wasn't quite back from the... It, it was close, though, let me tell you. <laughs> so, uh, that's, g- glad to be back and glad to be feeling better. Well, we're glad to have you back. Glad to have you feeling better as well. Uh, I'm your host, of course, Corey Burton. Uh, you can follow our uh, social media stuff uh, you can find us. You can usually find us uh, on uh, Willis Digital Media, but since Ole Miss is playing tonight as we are recording, um, uh, well, we figured Steve was uh, was busy enough. So we're just going to give you audio only this week for uh, for our week one recap and our week two preview. And we'll pick back up uh, on a normal week on, uh, on, on next week. But we are the Beast of the East podcast. We are presented by betonline.ag. We have a new sponsor as well. I want to mention them. Uh, playactionpools.com. We'll talk about them here in a little bit when we make our week two picks. And, uh, but yeah, so when, when you look at bet online, uh, that is the place to go for all your online betting needs. Football season has obviously kicked off and it is, uh, man, it, it was an exciting, uh, first weekend of, or first real weekend of college football. I should say, I don't want to say first weekend, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to see what, you know, what's in, what's in store for, uh, for, for, for this next week, this next week has, has a few games out of conference that are going to be really, really good. So it's that time of year, obviously all our eyes are turning to football's teams are back in on the gridiron to start the football season. As always bet online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. So get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the online's Biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest. NFL kicks off this weekend. The world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest is open now at Bet Online. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo, which means if you make a bet, on Thursday, September 9th, uh, the season opener between the Super Bowl champ Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL 100. So bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online, your online sports book experts, Craig, you got to get in on that action, man. I should after, uh, you know, I looked at our picks uh, and uh, you're in first and I'm in second. Look at there, man. Beat the spread also. Yeah, beast of the east, man. We're that's what we do. Yes, man. that's what we do. We we truly are beasts, right? So that's right. We got an action-packed <laughs> show. Yes, exactly. We we're 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 on that beast mode, kind of like Bama was this weekend, or UCLA, um, or or actually Auburn. So the a lot of the Western Division, uh, the top half, the rich got richer. So, um. But uh, we are the beast of the East, so we're going to focus on the Eastern Division. Uh, a few scores uh, from this uh, this first week of college football. Tennessee kicked things off on Thursday with a 38-6 victory over Bowling Green. Uh, Georgia, in a defensive slugfest, uh, was victorious over number three Clemson, 10-3. Then you had Florida upending Florida Atlantic, 35-14. We'll talk a little bit about that one. Uh, Kentucky looking impressive against UL Monroe, 45 to 10 and Missouri 
34 to 24 victors over Central Michigan. And of course, South Carolina blanking Eastern Illinois and showing the world how you're supposed to do against the FCS opponent with a 46 nothing thrashing of Eastern Illinois. And of course, Vanderbilt 23 to 3. They lost to East Tennessee State. So, uh, We'll, we'll we'll get into that ugly ugly mess uh, here in a little bit as well. But uh, let's start Thursday night. Uh, things got kicked off. Uh, the the worst kept secret in America. Tennessee starting with Joe Milton got off to a blazing start, but Tennessee kind of in in the middle struggled and then pulled away. Obviously, because Bowling Green is pretty bad. Uh, Tennessee has a little bit more depth advantage over them, but you can kind of see where Tennessee got tired. Uh, and to me, it just doesn't seem like Joe Milton is a great fit in this offense. I mean, he did well, but I, I don't know if he can sustain that over the course of the season. Yeah. You know, he, uh, I really, I didn't expect him to play particularly well just because of the fact, you know, he got him to camp late, this is a totally different offense than when he ran at Michigan. Uh, it's going to take a little while to get adapted to it. And, 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 and none of the quarterbacks, obviously, when you have a new co- coach coming in and he, he changes the offense so, so drastically, no, none of them have had a whole lot of time to really learn uh, how, you know, where to go, when to go, et cetera, et cetera. I, I thought they ran the ball better than I thought. It was just a matter of, uh, they just, you know, they just outmuscled Kent State on both sides of the ball. Uh, just totally dominated uh, the line of scrimmage, and uh, you know, I, I think it, it was a good, good. You know, Kent State was a good opponent for Joe Milton to open his Tennessee quarterbacking debut against because you know they were were offered a little resistance and. We'll get him ready for Pitt, which will test him more, obviously, than uh, Kent State. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll preview that game here in a little bit. But to me, yeah, the running game was was really strong after after a rough first half. They they put up 260 yards on on Bowling Green in the second half. Jabari Small, 124 yards rushing with a pair of touchdown tie on touchdowns. Tyon Evans also 116 yards and a touchdown as well. So the run game, which in a Josh Heupel offense is not something you expect to be on high cylinders, but um, it just, to, to me, it was a good first experience. I, I think that with this victory, the, you know, Tennessee fans can look at it and have something positive to start the season off on. I mean, you know, not everybody can beat the number three team in the country or, you know, have, have a big marquee matchup like Ole Miss is having right now, which on paper, this was a marquee matchup, but just doesn't seem to be sh- shaking out that way. But um, I, I was, you know, I was just overall impressed with how hard Tennessee played. I was impressed with how clean at times they played. I mean, obviously when, when you have a new coach, new system, you're going to have some of that, some of that stuff that, that you need to clean up and, and things like that. But overall, I, I thought, I thought they played, I thought they played pretty good. <clears throat> and I, I think they're going to be a team that you know, they're going to be tough to deal with, but you know, until they build their roster, I don't know that they're going to make a ton of noise in the sec because of depth wise, but I, I do think, again, I stand by uh, the fact that I think this team is, is, uh, is on the rise. And I, I do think they're going to be really, really good in the, in the future. That's way closer than, than I even thought originally. Yeah. I thought uh, I was especially impressed with the defensive line. I thought they, they just really disrupted Kent state the entire night with penetration and uh, you know, they were beating doubles. Uh, They just really stayed in the backfield the entire game. And uh, I was impressed. They, they have a lot of depth along that defensive line and they're going to need it as the year goes on. So was impressed at, at how well the defensive line played. Yeah, absolutely. They get, they got after it and they got after the passer and they did what they were supposed to do against a, uh, against a lesser opponent there in Bowling Green and Bowling Green finished almost dead last in every offensive statistical category. So, um, but 
they they came out, they played well, and and, and they did what they had to. And uh, we'll, we'll look to see kind of what they have against Pitt. Can they get it going? Can they get their offense more on the same page? Can they be a little bit more consistent? That's going to be kind of what we look for um, in in that game. So um, let's move on. Uh, the the game of the weekend: uh, Georgia versus Clemson, number five. Bulldogs uh, took on number three Clemson in Charlotte. Um, I apologize to those of you who may have took taken the over. Um, I'm kind of glad I actually didn't pull the trigger <laughs> and bet that because uh, I thought about betting the over. This one hit the under by a mile. Uh, but the things that the thing that stood out to me in this is uh, in all caps, bold with exclamation points on both sides. Defense, right? Defense. Georgia seven sacks on DJ Uyunglele. I think I said that right. I don't know. This is the last time I'll have to say his name for a while. But um, they had seven sacks on Big Cinco. Uh, couldn't Clemson just couldn't get any footing offensively, um, other than some pass interference penalties. They really couldn't get anything going, uh, and really couldn't sniff the uh, sniff the end zone or even get into scoring range, except for except for one time. Uh, Georgia again. Uh, they couldn't. They couldn't amount to much either offensively. They were without a lot of their big weapons. Uh, even Jermaine Burton, who was healthy and played a little bit, but has missed has practiced so few times in, in the preseason and spring. He just wasn't in shape, so he he didn't he didn't really make much of an impact. And but again, this defense: Nicobe Dean, uh, Nolan Smith, Jordan Davis. You know those guys: Adam Anderson. We're just wreaking havoc on Clemson all night long. They had they had Big Cinco on his heels all freaking night long. It was it was if you like defensive football, this was a beautiful thing. Well, you know, we talked about how we thought Georgia was going to be so so good on on defense, and <clears throat> they proved it. Uh, uh, on Saturday night, I mean, they just they just dominated the line of scrimmage uh, defensively. Uh, both, you know, really both defenses, uh, obviously, but with a ten to three game, dominated the game. But Georgia's more than Clemson's just because of the fact that they just made a living in that Clemson backfield, and they just really throttled uh, the Tigers' offense. I was very impressed. You know, I, I, I'll say, I, you know, I expected them to be a very, very good football team defensively, and they proved it against, obviously, the, the preseason number three team in the country. Yeah, absolutely. And and to hold Clemson to two yards overall rushing um, to, you know, less than 200 yards in total offense, I mean, it was – it was insane. Uh, Joseph Ngata for Clemson led the way with six catches at 110 yards. But again, that's like a, that's like a hitter in baseball scattering four hits over, over the night, not really making much impact, but he did have a pretty good night. Justin Ross was held in check uh, mostly by Keely Ringo, who is technically still a true freshman, but he's not, he's a red shirt. I don't know. He didn't use his red shirt year. He got a free year of COVID. I don't know kind of where he stands, but he, he played, he played very admirably uh, covering Justin Ross. Most of the night, obviously picking up a few big uh, pass interference penalties there, but uh, that's, that's to be expected. But um, you know, the pick six there, uh, the film work was outstanding. Uh, you know, Chris Smith just jumping that route and, and taking an interception to the house for, for, uh, for a touchdown, the game's only touchdown. So uh, just overall impressed with the speed of the defense, the strength of the defensive line the, and, and defensive front, the closing speed of these linebackers and anticipation. You just knew they were, you just knew they were prepared. And this is the most prepared I've ever seen a Georgia team um, in an opening game. Uh, since I've been rooting for the team. So it's, uh, it's outstanding. And, you know, offensively, the goal is just to get healthy, right? It, you just got to get some guys back. I mean, your leading receiver had six catches. It was a freshman tight end. Uh, you had Jalen Johnson, who was, who was a walk on, had a catch. Zamir White chipped in with a catch. The running backs really didn't, uh, uh, you know, James Cook had four catches, but not much was going there. You know, Clemson's defense was was very was built very similarly to Georgia's, 
and they, you know, and, and it showed they, they got after it, but you know, again, it's just getting guys, getting guys healthy and, and getting guys like Arian Smith to contribute more, getting guys like uh, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint to, co- to contribute more as it, it was his first game back from a horrific leg injury. So, you know, this Georgia offense, you know, is it, you never want to say panic mode after the first game, but is there some concern here? I don't think so. I, I think, you know, uh, Clemson's got a really good team. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't expect – I expected Georgia to win the game. I didn't – nowhere did I expect them to run away and hide in this game. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be concerned at this point because, I mean, obviously Clemson is going to be one of the, you know, top two or three teams that they play on their schedule the entire season. So I, I was not – I, I wouldn't be concerned about it. I, I still like White. I still like Milton. I still like Cook. They got a really good running game. And, you know, say what you will about Daniels. Uh, he was 22 of 30 for 135. He didn't beat you. You know, he managed the game. He didn't beat you. That's what you right. want. And if your defense is playing that well and holding your opponent down like that, that's what you want. Just, yeah. just keep us in the game. Our defense is gonna is is gonna be stout. Is not gonna let Clemson just keep us in the game. And exactly. that's what it's what it is. And yeah. when he did throw a, a what what would have been in any other circumstance a back a crippling interception, defense said, you know what? All right, cool. We're gonna get Clemson for minus twelve in this and, and knock him out of field goal range. And exactly yep. what they did. So. Uh, hats off to the defense. We'll see what they've got. Uh, this is a get well game against UAB, which is not an easy get back game, but it's, no, uh, it's not, it's a, uh, it's not. And, and there's, there's some COVID cases going on in Athens right now. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll get to more of that here and, and, uh, later on in the show, but, uh, looking at Florida 35, 14, is there, is there a quarterback controversy? I mean, the way this game played out, Emory Jones struggled a little bit. Uh, got pulled. Anthony Richardson came in and and uh, and did really well. <clears throat> I like this Antonio Richard Anthony Richardson kid uh, for for Florida. I hope he doesn't play in the cocktail party, but uh, I'm afraid that by the time we get to the cocktail party, he's he's going to be played. He's drawing comparisons to uh, to Cam Newton. I, I don't know, you know, Cam Newton's a generational talent and uh, at the quarterback position, so um, pretty lofty comparisons, but. You know, what did you make of this Florida game? Well, you're you're right. I mean, Richardson rushed for 160 yards on just seven carries and a touchdown. Uh, incredibly impressive. And when your quarterbacks, Jones, he, he rushed for 74 on 10 carries. So your quarterbacks rushed for 234 yards in this game. That's, that's saying something mm-hmm. about – and we both talked about it that they were going to run those quarterbacks were going to run the ball a lot, and we saw it in this ball game. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Both of them, you know, uh, were were very very instrumental in this in this win. You know, uh, FAU is not that bad. Uh, you know, but I I would have thought they they would have. Uh, handled them a little better than they did. They gave up 14 points late. So, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, you only pass for 153 yards. and really didn't have to when you rush for 400 as a team. So, yeah. take take it for what it's worth. They're not going to be rushing for 400 against Georgia or, or uh, any of the top SEC schools. Or, so, or Alabama uh, in two weeks. Yes, exactly. So, that's not going to be happening. So, they're going to be forced – they're going to force them. And Alabama, for example, is going to force Florida to throw the ball. And then we'll see if Jones and Richardson, if they can throw the ball. Yeah, I mean, Jones, is, his inaccuracies came out against FAU. I, I hate to see him exacerbated over over the course of, yeah, uh, of a team like Alabama. He had two picks, and he missed some throws, too. Like Some, some of the ones yeah. that didn't end up being picks, just, inter, just incomplete passes. I mean, some some throws that he should have made and should have had. And that's kind of where the criticism for me has been coming all off season is, can he be accurate? And he's proven in game one that he still has a hard time doing that. And so um, Florida allowed three, 352 yards. Uh, they had six sacks. Um, they had two by Zach Carter. 
can't really get a whole lot from this uh, from this defensive performance. I mean, you know, obviously uh, they gave up a ton of yards, which didn't amount to uh, too much, but FAU was able to hold on the ball a little bit uh, in, in the first half and have a little control um, over the clock. But, you know, I we're, we're really going to get a good look at this defense. I mean, it was a good first showing for Todd Grantham. So good news is he's not going to get fired yet. Uh, just a <laughs> couple, couple weeks, we're going to be having a, couple, a different discussion here. But, um you know, again, this Florida team, they came out, they, they, again, it was kind of disappointing. I, I felt like they could have handled FAU a little bit, a little bit better. Uh, FAU is not a bad team. Nicozy Perry is actually a pretty sporty quarterback. He had 261 yeah, former Miami touchdown. Yeah. And he was 19 of 33. So he had, he had a decent night against what's supposed to be a really good defense. Um, but I just, you know, again, who knows what this quarterback situation is going to lend itself to. So uh, I would say on this, on this front, stay tuned. Um, a couple of games, the Missouri game was, it bored me to tears. So we're not going to really talk about that one. That one was kind of like, you know, w- whatever type of type of game. So uh, the game, yeah, I really, they, they, they struggled. They struggled against Michigan. They really did against central Michigan and, and uh, a team that was middle of the pack in, in the, in the Mac conference, which is a conference that it doesn't matter where you, f- where you finished a year ago, it's going to completely flip over on its head, but um, Kentucky uh, really impressive in their first, in their first outing, will Levis uh, four touchdowns, almost 400 yards passing Chris Rodriguez, the leading rusher, 19 carries 125 yards and a touchdown. But what really stood out to me is that, when you watch them, it was like watching the the Los Angeles Rams in the mirror. And I was really impressed with the play calling, the play designs, uh, just the overall smoothness of, of the system and just how like it felt like watching Kentucky. It felt like they were playing. This is like week seven and they're like rounding into like midseason form. They had 555, uh, 550 yards of total offense. That that probably took them four games to get last year. So I, I I know the Kentucky fans were tickled to death. Levis had a monster game. Wow, yeah, 367 yards passing, four touchdowns. And then you got Rodriguez. We always we we knew about <clears throat> Rodriguez. I really liked him last year, what he did. He's only going to be better this year. And when you're able to run the ball, you got that threat to run the ball. That's going to help Levis and vi- vice versa. Uh, Levis is going to help Rodriguez. So, uh, you know, Kentucky was impressive. I, you know, I thought, the, you know, Monroe, I thought they would give them a little better uh, game than they did. I really did. Well, K- Kentucky didn't let them. <laughs> and that's, that's exactly that's, right. Yeah. That's, that's something in years past that Kentucky would have let them uh, get that. But, um, you know, Josh Ali and Wandell Robinson each had five catches apiece with, 136 and 125 respectively. And they scored three touchdowns between the two of them. They just Kentucky defensively was getting after. They just didn't let UL Monroe off the mat. They just, they, they knocked him down and just didn't let him up and, and, and finished him off. And, and that's a team, you know, that's a, that's a sign of growing up as a program like these, like winning these type of games in the fashion that they won them uh, really let you know where you're at as a program and, and and you're rounding a corner. That's pretty dangerous. Yeah. Monroe had 70 yards passing and 17 yards rushing. That was it. That's not good. It's incredible. Slightly, only slightly worse than Clemson against Georgia. So that's even scarier. Um, Lastly, before we, uh, before we jump forward into, uh, into next week, Vanderbilt, um, one word describes this game. Um, and I'm going to be nice and say it was pitiful. I was going to say along with the P word, I was going to say putrid. Putrid is a good one. Pitiful. Like you're almost just like, Oh really? Oh God. Like, and, and I'm, I, and I was on, on board the Ken seals train, but my God, he was terrible. I don't know of anything that was positive about this game for Vanderbilt. We're talking about ETSU, an FCS team that disbanded football in 2003, brought it back in 2015. 
So they haven't been back that long, Corey, and you come in and knock off Vanderbilt. Randy Sanders, former Tennessee assistant, Florida State assistant. He's got the um, formula, man. Yeah, um, he he uh, he. Hey, it is a huge win for their program. Not only do they knock them off, they damn near shut them out. Yeah, and, and I, it could have it was could have and should have been worse. Yeah, it was a dominant performance. It wasn't a last second type deal. They dominated that game. I mean, it, it was it was ridiculous, man. Tail the tape. I mean, Vanderbilt had more first downs. Um, Vanderbilt had more total yards. Uh, Vanderbilt had more passing yards. They they got dominated in the run game. Vanderbilt had three turnovers. They had uh, you, you can't do that. They had eight penalties for seventy yards. So usually, um, but you know for. For Vanderbilt, it was just much of the same. I mean, there wasn't much difference between Clark Lee and, and Derek Mason. I was talking to a friend of mine who does the Believe in Vandy podcast, and and him and him and his uh, him and his guys they were talking back and forth. And you know, the main thing they said was, you know, where where's the emotion out on the sideline? Like Clark Lee just showed zero emotion. Like he just didn't care to be there. Well, I, I mean, you know, I. We talked about this, and I made the point, and one of the reasons why I stuck, I put Vanderbilt last in the East is, you know, they were they were not they were not very good last year. Obviously, didn't win a game, and it, you're just not going to turn things around that quickly. It's just not going to happen. Um, and but you got to be in East Tennessee State. Though. I, I agree. That surprised me that they lost to East Tennessee state. And like I said, by the, the fact they got beat 23 to three was even more surprising. Uh, but I agree. Uh, we'll see what they do. Uh, you know, they got a chance to redeem themselves. Uh, they go out to Colorado state and play on Saturday night. You know, they could redeem themselves win that game. People forget about this ETSU game. I don't think anybody's going to forget, but it, it might just make it, a little bit more digestible, I guess. And the good news is they get UConn on the schedule too. So that's, that's always a benefit. Yes. So <laughs> um, lastly, I, I apologize to South Carolina. Um, they played hard. Uh, they, they played really well. They, they had a, a assistant coach named as their starting quarterback. We Craig, you and I didn't even get a chance to talk about that, but that's okay. Um, Zeb Nolan and, uh, had a had a pretty good day. Uh, I mean, didn't throw for many yards. Was thirteen of twenty two, but but tossed four touchdowns. Uh, again, rushing Zaquandre White was was outstanding with twelve carries, one hundred twenty eight and a touchdown, averaging ten point seven yards per carry. Um, obviously, uh, our, our guy didn't play um, in this game, but um, just you know, again what I was looking for for South Carolina, I mean, obviously Eastern Illinois, they're not going to, you know, obviously you get South Carolina versus the FCS school. It, it should be, it sh- this is what it should look like. But you know, what I was looking for for South Carolina is do they play hard? Do they find an identity? Uh, can they take care of business? And, and they did. Yeah, you're right. They did. Uh, it doesn't really matter who you're playing. You do. It's, it's the opponent. It, it doesn't matter what their helmet looks like. It doesn't matter what it says on the jersey. That's who you're playing. Take care of business. Exactly. And that's what they did. And I, I was impressed by it. And, and so we'll we'll see kind of what they have moving forward um, uh, for this. But uh, for this for this next segment, what we're going to do is we're going to preview the games. We're just going to go ahead and give you the pick as well. Um, and then uh, you'll, Craig. I, I guess you uh, you you got in on the spreadsheet. Uh, I hope with, with Steve. I did. Yes. Okay. Like I said, I, I I'm at going into tonight's game. I was one game behind you. You were in first. Well, I'm so going to give you an second. early, yeah. I'm going to give you an early look at my Eastern division uh, games on the spreadsheet. So um, this uh, we're exciting news though. Uh, before we get into that, there's some exciting news. Our, our pod is po- partnering with playactionpools.com this season. They're going to bring you some interactive fun to the sport that we love most. So you'll be able to get in on the action with our playactionpools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. 
Sign up for the contest, Believe Football Pick'em at playactionpools.com. And then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. So you still have time to jump in. I hadn't started yet. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Exciting. I know. Again, go to playactionpools.com. Sign up for the contest. Believe. B-L-E-A-V. Football pick them. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as a, a cool sports book style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Not sure what that is. Going to explore that. Um, but it sounds fun, right? So playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. This might be a good way to get in um, all your bowl mania stuff that that you like to do around the office. So um Excited to have them on on board, Craig. You need to jump in on that, and uh, it's it's actually really cool. Definitely, get yes, you a pair of those. We'll uh, do that. Get you those yeah. DC shoes, man, so you can go skateboarding. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's uh, they're sponsoring our pick segment here. Um, so I'm I'm excited about it. Let's look at it. Um, s- starting off the uh, slate, we got Georgia at UAB, or not at UAB. At UAB at Georgia, Georgia's home opener, Sanford Stadium. That's a 2.30 Central time kick, 3.30 Eastern, obviously, on, on ESPN. Um, Georgia's going through a little bit of uh, adversity right now. They've got some COVID cases. They've got a little bit of a – they've got a little bit of an outbreak, some concern there. But, um, again, I, I'm, uh, I'm thinking that with this game is, you know, how do you, re- how do you respond offensively to that Clemson game, how how do you how do you get things back going in the right direction to where you can be a uh, be an explosive offense? The first thing is get healthy. Second thing is just you know you're not playing Clemson, so that's that's obviously going to make things a little bit better. There, you're, you're that's the best defense you'll probably see all year until you match up with Bama. So um, I, I think it's going to be you know they're going to get some things worked out uh, kink wise. Hopefully some, some guys get healthy. Hopefully the guys that have COVID will recover and, uh, you know, maybe not play this week, but maybe be ready for, uh, for the following week. I think when, when we play South Carolina, so, uh, defensively, no letdowns, uh, continue to get after the quarterback. Again, this is, this is a perfect letdown game against an, against a group of five conference champions. And if you've seen around college football, Craig, these G five teams don't care. Right. They don't care that you are a major uh, power five team. Um, FCS schools don't seem to mind either. Uh, you know, obviously out West Washington lost to a team that hadn't played since the calendar read 20, 2019. So um, that's embarrassing if you're a Husky fan, but you know, what, what do you want to see in this game? Well, I'll say this, this, this has the makings of a, uh, uh, being a letdown game for Georgia coming off that Clemson game. Uh, so Kirby Smart's going to have his hands full in trying to uh, make sure his team is on top of its game because, you know, you see this quite often, Corey, after after a team has a huge game like they did against Clemson, a huge win, then you got UAB. Well, let me tell you something. UAB's got a very good football team, and that's, uh, you know, you can't afford to have a letdown. It, it smells of a letdown. So Kirby, Kirby's going to have a tough – he's going to have a hard time. Um, it, well, I'll, I won't say I have a hard time, but I'll just say it's going to be a challenge for him to make sure he, he has his team's attention for this game. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's going to be one where the focus isn't going to be there. Georgia is favored by 26 and a half – or actually just 26 points. So yeah. I, I don't know that I – I don't know that I don't take, I'm not sure I don't take UAB in the points here. Uh, I agree a, with you. Given a big uh, letdown opportunity, Georgia dealing with some COVID issues. I mean, this game is not going to, you know, I don't, I don't think Georgia is going to lose this game. I, I just don't think they're going to cover the 26 points. I may yeah. be wrong, but I, I don't think I agree with you. I would take the 26 points. The only thing that kind of scares me just a little bit is I just don't, I just don't know how much UAB is going to be able to score against Georgia's defense. That's the thing. Right. 
Right. I mean, if Georgia scores 31 points, all, all, you know, all UAB essentially has to do to cover is get, get one touchdown. And, you know, I think they might yeah. get one in garbage time or, you know, it might be 31 to nothing late fourth quarter. And they, they, they go down and get one and, and, uh, and, and break the cover. So uh, as of right now, and this may, this may change Wednesday on SEC after dark, but uh, I'm taking UAB in the points. Um, obviously Georgia's going to win and going to win handily, but I, I, I think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be a full cover. So um, looking at South Carolina, East Carolina, that's an 11 a.m. Central kick. Um, that's a, um, that's a game from Greenville, North Carolina, East Carolina's hosting the game Cox. Again, what I'm looking for in, in this game is for, uh, you know, South Carolina again, to, to continue to play hard, find their, you know, they, they kind of found an identity a little bit. So just kind of figuring out what, what to do and just kind of how to find some playmakers, you know, they, um, again, with the rushing attack, I, I think that's going to be kind of something they lean on a little bit. Zeb Noland is, is an efficient passer, but he's not somebody that can, that can beat you down the field. South Carolina is going to have to really, in the games that they do win, they're going to really have to get creative in how they score and, and have a little bit of smoke and mirrors and have some luck in special teams and, you know, hope, hope the defense can hold up, which doesn't have a whole lot of talent returning to it. So, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, a situation where you're looking at, um, you're looking at a tight game for, for quite some time. I agree with you. Uh, South Carolina is going to have to play well to win this ball game because this is a huge game for East Carolina to have an SEC school uh, come in and play them on their home field. Uh, th- this is going to be one they're going to be ve- the student body, the fans, the players. They're all going to be really jacked for this game. So uh-huh. South Carolina is going to have to really play well to win this ball game. They are. They're going to have to be hitting on all cylinders again. They're going to have to, you know, clean up some of the mistakes that they made. They're going to have to be, uh, they're going to have to take some shots down the field. Um, they're going to have to, they're going to have to take some chances. I mean, dinking and dunking your way down the field, that's not going to happen. Um, you know, Kevin Harris is back. That, that should help some things. Um, I think having Luke Doty return to the mix, I, I don't know what that does for you. Um, I don't know if that, I don't know if he is going to be able to knock off uh, Zeb Nolan. I, I don't know if they don't just stick with him uh, for the time being and, until his luck kind of runs out. But again, uh, they're going to have to lean on the rushing attack. They're going to have to shorten this game and, and they're going to have to, they're going to have to play a clean football game to get out of here with a win. Yeah. And like I said, East Carolina now, they, you know, they, they were, I believe Appy State knocked them off uh, to the season opener. So they did. Uh, they've got a little more to play for. And like I said, th- this is a huge game for East Carolina because, you know, uh, they're hosting most of the time. I, I dare say, I can't remember the last time they hosted an SEC school. So this is, uh, and, and in their back, you know, North, uh, South Carolina in their backyard. So this is a huge game for the Pirates, and and, and they're going to be fired up for it. And like I said, South Carolina has their hands full. I mean, in the opening line, uh, you know, East Carolina is a two-point favorite. So that should tell you something. That should tell you a lot of something, uh, honestly. Um, to, to have them as two-point favorites is – um, so I'm, I'm, but I'm going to take South Carolina. Uh, I, I – I don't really want to call that an upset, but I'll take I'll take South Carolina plus two um, on the road. I think Kevin Harris is going to lift them. You know, I think Kevin Harris is going to prevent them from losing. Well, I, I'm going against you. I'm going to take the Pirates. I, I think they're going to be really fired up and they're going to find a way to uh, win by field goal. All right. They've let me down in the past. So uh, let's uh, let's look at Pitt, Tennessee. This is uh, this game is a little bit more exciting. Uh, again, Pitt looking at them uh, in, in their first in their first matchup. Let's see what their score was here. And uh, their yeah, in their they blew game. out UMass. Oh, it's UMass, right? Um, so yeah. they come in uh, again. Looking at their season preview, they they come in. They were a team that. Didn't have a whole lot coming back offensively. I mean, Kenny Pickett's a nice quarterback, um, 
but they just really don't have a ton coming back offensively. Not, not a ton of firepower there. They were going to rely on, you know, slugging you and, and uh, defensive defense, carrying, uh, carrying pit to, uh, to some wins. So again, it's going to be a little tougher on, on Tennessee. I, I think, when you look at the quarterback situation for Tennessee, I think Joe Milton's going to struggle a little bit in this game. Um, but for Tennessee, they're just going to have to, you know, they're going to have to play a little bit more consistently. They're going to have to play cleaner. They're going to, have to, you know, they're going to have to start getting back on the same page, which is something that you always, that you always look at when you, you know, when you, when you have a new team, new system, new culture, new everything, uh, that that's something that's always a concern, no matter, no matter who you play. If I'm not mistaken, the last time Pitt played Knoxville, um, Jackie Sherrill was the the uh, head coach. It was after Johnny Majors had gone to, uh, back to Tennessee. Do you know who the quarterback was for that team? Repeat the question. Who was the quarterback for, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time since Jackie Sherrill brought his team in, and this was in the, the 80s. Uh, to play Tennessee. Do you know who the quarterback, Pitt's quarterback was in that game? Dan Marino? That's correct. Dan yeah. Marino. Wow. What yep. a yeah. What 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 a deal here. So if I'm not mistaken, that's the last time that, that Pitt has has played Tennessee. I'm pretty wow. sure that's correct. Well it's not the first time Heupel's played them. They uh they beat Pitt uh, 45 14 in 2018 and they lost 35 34 in 2019 um so it, it's uh it's if, if you want to kind of get a look at what Heupel's offense is going to look against Pitt's defense uh go watch those games uh both t- you know the the Pitt staff remains intact and of course obviously Heupel's system is similar not exactly the same but it's similar so um Again, I, I just look at the quarterback battle, and and for for Pitt, it's just seeing how much they can disrupt Joe Milton. See if they can get him to go into the tank because he can, he can sputter quickly. Um, you know, you saw it at Michigan. You saw it a little bit. Um, you know, obviously he righted the ship uh, in, in the second half, but you know, you saw it a little bit last week against uh, or this past Thursday against uh, against Bowling Green. So for Pitt, they're going to have to disrupt the quarterback. They're going to have to you know, knock him down, hit him, sack him, uh, really shut down the run game. I mean, that's, that's where Tennessee's strength is right now with Jabari small. Uh, but they're, they're just going to have to, they're just going to have to be disruptive defensively and, and give Kenny Pickett some chances and, and, and Pitt again, is just going to have to win with small ball and manufacturing points. So, um, it, By the way, I think I said earlier Tennessee played Kent State. Did when obviously it was Bowling Green. Like I, I said Kent State a couple of times. I apologize for that. It, it, it is all. They're both in Ohio. It, yes, they are, and they're both they're both <laughs> action teams. They're both going to be in the near future playing each other on a Tuesday night, which I'm here yes. for. Um, but yeah, I mean Pitt. You know, Pitt's going to have to, and and they do they do this really well. They're going to have to shut down Jabari Small and Tyon Evans. So. Um, this is a game that Tennessee, if they want to get to five to to be a five hundred football team this season, this is one they have to have. Yeah. Um. Uh. They they can't let this one get away because uh, there are a few games on their schedule that that there is no way they're going to win. Uh, this is one of the, the the ones that they can win. And if they want to get close or to 500 this year, this is, they've got to have this game. Yes, they do. And to have this game, they're going to have to steal some possessions defensively. They're going to have to, again, they're going to have to turn the, they're going to have to somehow find a way to win a a Georgia Clemson type matchup where it's defense is carrying away and they're going to have to win the turnover battle. They're going to have to get some plays in special team. They're going to have to find some way to manufacture some momentum because I don't know that they have the depth offensively to do that. Um, you know, Pitt, Pitt can be very disruptive, but then again, you know, it, if, if they somehow can get through and break through and turn this game into a track meet, I don't know that Pitt can, can keep up either. Mm-hmm. No, you make a good point. Um, 
you know, from what I saw against Bowling Green, I don't know. I don't know if Tennessee's capable of making a, a track meet. Uh, yeah, but you never know. You know, uh, some of these coaches they they like to uh, be very vanilla when they know they are have totally outmatched the other opponent. You know, and they can be very basic. You know, they can win the ball game. Exactly. We'll see. I don't know on this, but um, you know. Pitt being a three and a half point favorite, I, you know, I, I lean towards Tennessee in this ball game. I, I I think Tennessee comes at three and a half. Yeah, I, I think they cover, and I I think they have an uh, a good shot at outright winning this thing. I, I think the yes, run game is going to break you. through. I think Joe Milton's going to make enough plays, and I think this defense can be very very disruptive. And I, I think Alante Taylor's going to get himself a pick. Um, you know, I, I just. I just like the way this Tennessee team plays, uh, and and I'm I'm fearful of losing my dog card, but um, <laughs> I, I am uh, I, you know I, I'm on board with hype. I think I think it was a good hire. I think they play really well for him. So uh, give me the Vols in this game plus three and a half. I think they at least cover, um, but I'm I'm calling they're going to outright win this one. And are you are you officially with Tennessee? What's what's your what's your pick? Yeah, there? yeah, I, I am. I, I want the three and a half, and, and I'm like you. I'm. I think they'll win the football game. Well, Florida rolls into Tampa, Raymond James Stadium, the new Sombrero. Uh, they roll into South Florida, twenty nine point favorites over the pitiful Bulls of South Florida, a, a team that week one was pitiful. Uh, there's no other word for it. They were, they were awful. And uh, it seems like Jeff Scott's in way over his head down there uh, at South Florida. They were just freaking terrible. Um, but what's sad is, you know, you, you look at the little blurb with ESPN and they say top players to watch in the past game is Timmy McLean for South Florida. And he was seven for 13 for 128 and two interceptions. I don't know if there's some algorithm with that, <laughs> but like, they're 29 point underdogs and Florida's quarterback can't get in that spot for some reason. Like there's two, there's two USF players in those spots. Like how yeah. are they this bad? Like Anthony Richardson is the player to watch for, uh, for the rushing attack, uh, which again is kind of Dan Mullen's MO. The quarterbacks run, the running backs don't really do much. Uh, but this game to me is going to be, can Emory Jones improve his accuracy, which it's really difficult to do. Um, can they get something going through the air? Because that's what they're going to need to even have a chance at winning the East. They're going to, they're going to need that to, to compete with Bama, which they're not. Uh, they're going to need that to compete with Kentucky, which I'm not so sure that they do. They're going to need that to compete with Georgia. I don't know. And they're definitely going to need it to compete with Florida state, which after watching last night, I don't know they could do that either. So mm-hmm. um, Florida's in trouble here, I, I think. And when you look at the Gators, they should be much better than they are. They should be a lot sharper than they are. And for that to be their week one uh, result, and it was kind of like a, it was kind of like a lazy start, fast finish. They can't do that much more. I mean, they could get away with it this week again against South Florida, but if they get into that habit, they're going to get blown out in games like the ones I just mentioned. No, I agree with you. Uh, I, I don't think they'll have any trouble covering the 29 in this ball game. I'm like you, South Florida was was uh, woeful last week, and they're, they're going to the, – the formula that they used last week, it will be the formula they use this week. They are going to try to shove it down South Florida's throat. Um and I agree. It'll be interesting to see how much improvement Jones has thrown the football uh, in this ball game. But uh, you know, you're going to see a a ground attack again from Florida. Yeah, it's it's they they need to push the ball down the field. They need to work on their passing game because if they don't, you know, it's not going to serve them any purpose. So, but I, I think Florida is going to easily cover this and. We'll uh, we'll see kind of how this one goes. Um, before we get into our game of the week for the uh, for week two in the East, uh, Vanderbilt at Colorado State uh, from Fort Collins. Um, for Vanderbilt, at this point, 
just win. <laughs> They're seven point underdogs on the road against the Mountain West team. That's just bad. That's bad. Uh, well, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I get it. I, I mean, I totally I get, get it. it. I totally if, get it. If I'm if I'm <laughs> one of the people that's setting the lines for for this game in in Vegas, I I, I get it. I mean, what what wouldn't you not get after you get after you have a twenty point loss to an FCS school? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally get it, but it's just bad that we got here that <laughs> we're at this point with Vanderbilt. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I you know Ken Seals obviously. The good news is I, I don't know that he could get much worse. Uh, I, I guess the only way he could get worse is watching the game from the sideline. Um, but you know, again. Mike Wright, I think, has got to be the guy that that gets more of a look at quarterback. I, I think it's fair. I think it's only fair to the rest of the rest of the ball club that he gets a fair shake. And if you know if Ken Seals ends up being the better guy, so be it. But I, I think Ken Seals had a chance to to lock in his starting starting role, and and he didn't. And the fact that they can't push the ball down the field is mind-blowing to me so uh for vanderbilt seven point underdogs do they cover that no i i, I, I don't know i don't i don't know that this is gonna be a rough year for clark lee this might be a one and done i've i've heard that um there's there's some there's some rumblings that they're kind of over him now um <laughs> they're kind of over his his stuff but i i don't think they cover i don't think they win it's gonna be a rough go for vandy i i'm, I'm calling it uh, Colorado State's going to win this one. I agree with you. I think uh, Colorado State covers that seven points. Um, and, uh, I, you know, it, it's going to be – it's going to be a long year for Vanderbilt. We could be sitting here in 2022 talking yeah. about a 20-plus game losing streak. Yes. For Vanderbilt. Yeah. I really believe that. Uh, it's It's – Ooh, it's uh it's brutal it's 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 brutal so uh, let's get into our game of the week here uh, uh Kentucky uh versus Missouri Kentucky uh they're going from the grocery bag uh they're hosting the the Tigers from the grocery bag at uh, Kroger Field in Lexington um the series history Kentucky leads that one seven to four they have won five of the past six um so Kentucky has the winning streak in their favor. Uh, did not, I don't think they were, uh, they, they beat them uh, last year though. The Tigers beat Kentucky 20 to 10. So they don't have the streak, but they have, uh, they have the overall record. Uh, they have five of the past six, which is good. Obviously uh, Missouri sitting on the last win. Kentucky comes in. Uh, they, they host at four and a half point favorite. Uh, that's the, uh, that's the opening line here. Uh, so it's, it's a, you know, I didn't know that this game was going to turn into a quarterback battle, but it has because I didn't know it at the time because Will Levis was not yet named the quarterback. I mean, he was about to be, but, um, uh, but it's Connor Basilic versus uh, versus Will Levis, uh, in this game. I, I think it's, uh, I think it's one of those when, when you look at it, it's surprising that this game has, has turned into, um, a, a game where you would look at who's, who's better through the air. But to me, the difference maker is going to be that Kentucky defensive line. Um, I, I think they come back. They're hungry. Their defense was flying around last week against, um, you know, in, in their matchup against UL Monroe. Uh, and they're going to get, they're, they're, they're hungry. They're going to get some revenge here. I think this offensive line looked as about as good as it could. Darian Kennard uh, was, uh, was somebody that was, or Darian Kennard was, was somebody that was, outstanding uh for uh for Kentucky uh and 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 so i think this rushing attack this passing attack the play action stuff that they use just just the overall scheme is a lot better um which i think gives Kentucky Kentucky the edge so i'm i'm going to i'm going to go ahead and i'm going to go ahead and tell you now Kentucky's going to win they're going to cover this this should be a really good ball game, uh, Corey, and it is a big game for both teams mm -hmm. because you 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 picked Kentucky to finish second. Uh, I picked them to finish third, and this 
to me that the third for them to finish third, this is a game they, they got to be Missouri because Missouri is will be their biggest competition when it comes to third uh, in the SEC East. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching this ball game because I think it will be a, a a really good game, a back and forth game. But I'm going to agree with you too. I think Kentucky covers the five points. Absolutely, and and just watch out. Uh, third down, Missouri's third. Missouri on third down, they they're they're going to need to improve that. They're just the overall energy in this game. Obviously, is going to ramp up. And it's got to ramp up if, if you're Missouri. So they've just got to come out and play a little bit cleaner. And, and I think they, I think they're going to be competitive, but overall Kentucky just Kentucky's just too, too strong up front. I think, you know, they're, they're too, they're too strong on both sides of the ball up front. Kentucky's defense, just, they, they lost seven starters. They weren't supposed to be this good. And they came out and, and just, I mean, I get it. It was you all Monroe, but they, I mean, they were uh, they were strong, so yeah, I, I, I'm gonna stand by. I'm gonna stand my uh, stand by my Kentucky pick. So, um, do you want to know who I've got in my uh, in my pool here? In my uh, my my pick'em stuff. All right. Uh, here's an interesting game uh, out of out of SEC game that I thought was really interesting was Oregon Ohio State. That game is now. Uh, that game now has Oregon as 14 point uh, underdogs. Where do you like, where do you see that one? Well, you know, I, I think part of the reason uh, for that was obviously Oregon struggled. Yeah. Uh, was that Fresno with Fresno state? I believe, is that right? Yeah. I can't Fresno. remember. I, um, I, they struggled. They, I think they won 31, 24. I can't remember if it was Fresno state or not, but anyway, it was, it um, was. Okay, uh, they struggled to win that game, uh, and uh, I think that has it's part of it. You know, Ohio State, even though they they also had to come from behind to knock off Minnesota, uh, I, you know, the the betters are going to drive up uh, the line on that for Ohio State because of the fact that they have the name. They saw um, what. Oregon struggled against uh, Fresno, but I tell you, 14 points is a lot uh, to be given up to Oregon on their home field. Um, I I really believe that. And like I said, like, like, like I mentioned in East Carolina and South Carolina, uh, they are, Eugene will be rocking having Ohio state come in. So it will be a raucous atmosphere and, uh, you know, Ohio State's going to have to weather the storm early on uh, because it, it's going to be a blitzkrieg uh, with the fans. The players are going to be Oregon's going to be really fired up for this football game. Not, not to not to burst your bubble on that, but Ohio State is the home team. So, uh, the oh, horseshoe- I thought it was in Oregon. My bad. The, Sorry. No, the, the, okay. the horseshoe. The horseshoe is going to be rocking. Yes. So, yes. My bad. I thought that game was in Oregon. I thought I saw it was in Oregon. Oh, well, I, 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 you know, at first glance, you kind of think, you kind of think that same thing. I, I can see where you get that, but yeah, yeah. Kayvon, Kayvon Thibodeau is uh, he's banged up. If he plays at all, um, he's doubtful at this point. Uh, he left that game early. Uh, Anthony Brown is going to have to be more consistent in that one. So uh, not to go beast of the uh, the Big Ten Pac-12, but I thought that I thought that yeah. line was interesting. It was it started out at eleven. Now it's gotten all the way up to fourteen and a half. I'm kind of curious as to where it's going to settle. I'd still uh, take Ohio State. State. Yeah, so I'm going to take Ohio State minus the fourteen and a half on that one. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, but uh, I, but, I would. But Craig, man, uh, this was fun. This was a good welcome back episode. We'll get you back on TV next week. Uh, Willis Digital Media, um, but uh, Craig, this was a this was a fun show, man. It's it's good to to have football back. It's good to see the crowds. It's good to see the atmospheres uh, the way they're supposed to be. And uh, this was uh, this was a fun episode. Yeah, uh, we're we're starting to get a little little flavor with the first ACC game of the year coming up this weekend. Uh, it's only going to get better. 
Absolutely. So um, I'm, I'm excited for it. Some good games over there in the West for, for Jake and them to talk about on, on best of the West. And then for us, Steve and I and Jeb to dissect on uh, sec after dark. So, uh, but this is the beast of the East. We are presented by BetOnline.ag and PlayActionPools.com. Uh, that is Craig Ladd. I'm Corey Burton. Uh, We thank you for listening. Uh, We thank you for finding us. However you found us, uh, pass it along. Tell your friends about it. Tell them you can check us out on on YouTube and anywhere else you can find um, anywhere else you can find your video feeds. You can find us on the Believe Podcast Network, anywhere you can find your podcast. Uh, Find us, check us out, subscribe, like, review, all of that good stuff and pass it along to your friends. Uh, We'll be back on the video channel next week uh, on Willis Digital Media and, of course, Uh, You can always find us on the Believe Podcast Network as well. So uh, for Craig, I'm Corey Burton. Uh, So long. See you later. We'll see you back here next week. And uh, take care. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.